Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. This is, this is what's recorded in the Christian Standard. It says, this is my command. Jesus speaking, of course. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord, uh, as, as we do from my heart. Lord, may my words be yours, uh, thoughts be yours, and most of all, every one of us would understand today these, these strange words when you first hear them, but also very strong for us today and uh, very relevant for where we are, especially this weekend. I uh, pray that you bring glory and honor to yourself, and we'll praise you now and forevermore, for we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Today, as we commemorate all the individuals who uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms, um, I think it's unique. Uh, I've often pondered this on these types of days and weekends that um, I don't think it's coincidental. Um, I, I, I struggle a lot with the things that I hear about America and I've got a lot of published things that, um, that are out there that are not quite what's represented today. And uh, I, I've, I've said this before. I, I don't know if anybody rolls over in their grave. I think the only way you can roll over in your grave is they buried you alive. But anyway, I, 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 don't, I don't think people roll over in their graves, the old saying. But if you do, founding fathers must have rolled over in their grave. I've said that before. Because there's so much stuff misquoted and misrepresented. I've said from this pulpit, the greatest two blights in American history to me are slavery and abortion. Uh, I, I wish we could go back and, and, and redo and, and, and fix some things. I'm very candid about that. I, I don't back up. But I think some of the things being portrayed today, people need to realize just because you have the microphone doesn't mean you're truthful. Uh, I, I'm aware of that. I would hope today that you would say, okay, whatever I preach, I hope you go and dig it out. Don't you take for a minute what I'm telling you and it is, but I want you to go find it out for yourself. And I really, in this, this Memorial Day weekend, it, it, I don't think it's coincidental that people giving the ultimate sacrifice was a parallel to Jesus Christ giving the ultimate sacrifice for you and me. I don't think it's coincidental. I've said this before. The, creator, the creation, there's a creator, and the creator is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the creation must parallel his heart, it must parallel spiritual things. You, do you follow me? And so what's happening is I think there's a need for this deal, and, and I love it. I do. The ultimate sacrifice. I think about the text. I think about a greater love than this. There's no man than he laid down his life for his friend. What does that mean? Does that mean every one of us are going to die some morbid, militant death? No. When I think about laying down your life, a lot of times that's putting your life on hold. Um, I think about parenting. If you want to show me a parent that's anything, I'll show you a parent that a lot of times they did without so their child could have something, uh, maybe to a fault sometimes. But we put our life on hold. There might be something we want to do, but there's someone else there. And so, so, so we do that. I think it can be that. I do think an element of it is putting one's life in harm's way. I think we have a generation in front of me, and I don't say this indictingly, it's not even your fault. It's because of what you've heard. We all got one of these. We all have the things. Everybody's, there's so much information coming to us today. There's a lot of things that have been rewritten and retold in our world today. And you got to be a student to figure it out. You really do. And, and, and go look for it and how it all fits. There are people out there today that are rewriting history books. Some say the Holocaust didn't happen. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's on and on. You go. It's, it's unbelievable how we're rewriting this stuff and we're repackaging it. But I'm here to tell you <laughs> that we need to understand it. All right? So put yourself in harm's way. And then thirdly, it's also about hope. When I think about laying down your life for another, it's instilling hope in someone else. When, when I lay down my life, when I become at least second, it's, it's about putting hope on someone else's life and their being ahead of your own. It's not on just that. It's also there's biblical examples of laying down your life, that, which is true love, willing to do that. I don't know if you remember the story in Exodus 32. You can go read about it. But God had had a, he'd had a tummy full, a gut full of, of the Hebrews, the children of Israel. And uh, he tells Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe them. I'll, I'm, I'm sick of it. And Moses said this. He said, if you're going to blot them out, then blot me out too. That's laying down your life for your friends, isn't it? That's leadership at its best. You remember the story with Lot. Lot chose the Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot chose that part of the world when he and Abraham split. And uh, he got into a mess, and God, he knows that God's fixing to take care of Sodom and Gomorrah. People have rewritten that too in history. But it was Abraham that interceded for Lot and said, are you going to do all that? And there might be righteous people there. And goes on and has a discourse with God, by the way. There's another one, Stephen. Stephen's being just living right. The world had had enough of it, and literally they were taking his life by stoning him. I don't know if you've ever studied that out. It's a gross picture, grotesque. But it was Stephen who said the last moment, probably, and I remember studying this probably before the, the big guy with the big stone that's fixing to crush his cranium and take his life. Right before that occurred, it was Stephen that lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, lay not this sin to their charge. That's loving others more than you love yourself, by the way. We also have Jesus did that on the cross. He's the greatest picture of this, laying down his life for his friends, for you and me. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I just want to share with you this whole thing of laying down your life and capture that. It's no greater, no greater. When I think about that, I, I want to share some things about this great love that we're supposed to have, and there's nothing any greater than this laying down your life for your friends. I want to share some things with you. And we're going to have an intermission today that has to do with Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend. First, when I think about no greater love, it, it's optional. We need to hear this today, and it's a word I say just about every sermon, and it's the word choice. The greatest in the word, we're going to preach a sermon on that, that Jesus said the greatest in his kingdom is the servant which is really strange, by the way. In, in our world, the greatest is the person that's the, the head, the person that's making the most money, that everybody knows their name. But God, Jesus comes along and says, the greatest in my kingdom is the low man <laughs> on the totem pole. It's the one who serves. Um, I, I, I don't know if all of you know Marty McAlilly. He comes to the first service. I carry on a lot. He's, his career has been pest control. And when I'm having a lot of pests in my life, I think about him. But anyway, um, but uh, he's a great guy. I remember the first time I saw him, I thought, wow, man, that long hair, big full beard. And I said, what in the world's going on here? And he has a heart big as a basketball. He truly does. And we have a thing. When he really likes my sermon, he'll come up afterwards and give me a high five, okay? But one of his things I said in a sermon some time ago is I occasionally say something about a 50-cent word. And, uh, and I said, what good are we if we tell everybody these 50-cent words and they don't know what they mean? And I don't have a big vocabulary, but I do have some. But I want to give you a 50-cent word today when I think about optional. And the word is volitional. The word volition means making a choice. God set it up in such a way that he laid down his life for his friends. And we'll talk about that at the end today. But it's optional. It's not love. Listen to me. It's not love if you have to do it. 
You follow me? My, my relationship with Suzanne, if I tell her that I love her, it's predicated on me choosing to love her and do the right things. Now, we talk about laying down your life for your friends and giving hope and doing without somebody else. As a parent, if you're going to be a great parent, then, then parenting is based in, in love, of course, but it's based in that I make a choice to do that. I make a choice to be second in any part of our life, whether it's church or whether it's in the world, it's optional. It's volitional. It's a choice. Selfishness, listen to this. Selfishness is the first card the enemy plays when he tempts us. First card. He wants me to take our eyes off of everyone else in my life and investing in them and imparting things and impacting them, and he wants me to think about Jay. So I don't know if I agree with that preacher. Well, let's go all the way back to the garden. What did he sell to Eve? He said, the reason he said for you not to do this is because the moment that you do it, you will be like who? God. In other words, he played on her selfishness. If you just do this, Eve, you're going to be equal with God. Now go all the way back with me. What was Lucifer's sin? Why was he cast out of heaven with a third of the angels? Why? Because he wanted to be God. You and I, the problem comes is that in this thing, that all of a sudden it's a choice. We make a choice. Listen, I want to win. I want it to be about me and not someone else. Greater love has no man than this than he lay down his life for someone else. In other words, it's a choice that we make. It's volitional for someone else. Secondly, not only is it optional, but it's on purpose and not accidental. You know, when we talk about this, you, you knowingly do without. You knowingly walk through tough times. You knowingly sacrifice or experience things in your life for the benefit of someone else and not yourself. I wrote it down for you this way. It's action, not avoidance. Uh, another way to say that is it's intentional, not accidental. Hmm. The verse where Jesus said, and think about this and this thing. He said this, you won't see it. He said, I laid down my life. And someone said, what's the big deal? Whether they ripped him, they put him down on the cross and they held him down and nailed him. And what's the difference between it? There's a lot of difference. He made the choice to die for you and me. They didn't take his life. He laid it down. <laughs> and John 10, 18 says, and I'll pick it up again. That's good stuff. He was like, talking about the resurrection. I don't know if you're familiar with the name of Elmer Davis. I wasn't. I actually found this in reading. He was a journalist. He had a radio career. He was a reporter. He was involved in the newspaper industry, of course, as a journalist. He was off back in World War II. They created a position in the government called the Office of War Director, uh, FDR um, Roosevelt put him in this position. He actually had FDR's ear a lot of times about things. But in World War II, he said this. He said, this nation will remain the land of the free only so long as it is the home of the brave. You say, why do you, why do you bring that up? Well, listen, what men and women did for our country, you're going to hear more about this in a moment, it was volitional. It wasn't accidental. They didn't go to bed, you know, one night and wake up the next morning in boot camp. You know, there was even people say, what about the draft? They didn't have a choice. Yes, they did. They called them deserters. <laughs> you know, as Bo and I were talking about earlier, there's always been a Canada above America. Go run off to Canada. But men and women were willing to serve. They were willing to pay the ultimate price. Jesus was. It was not accidental that Jesus died for our sins. The scripture says before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. Jesus knew what it was going to cost. Mm, he's, if he's deity, he knew man was going to sin if, the, if, they were, if we were created. 
And he paid the price for you and me. Not that we would be saved. You've heard me say this many, many times. He died that we might be saved. Because the choice, the volitional decision is ours. Now what I want to do today, and it's going to be more point blank than usual. Typically we show pictures and we have songs and we maybe do the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I asked the staff, it's been on my mind, I want to do something a little different today. I, I want us to have a, a solemnness and an understanding, somberness maybe, for about Memorial Day. Sadly, Memorial Day weekend has become when we open the pool. Now, if you've got a pool, you're blessed of the Lord. Somebody said a pool, the best day of pool is your first day and the next day is when you put dirt in it. I know people that have. <laughs> Heard the same thing about horses, but now I live close to a lot of horses. I can't say that. Listen to me. When the pool opens or when we go on our first vacation, our parents, some of you are there, they made it. They passed that class that you didn't think they were going to pass. If they didn't, they call it summer school. But anyway, but what has Memorial Day weekend become? It's become like the ushering in of summer and our world has changed. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Bless the Lord, there were people that gave their life's blood for us to have these freedoms, folks. And I need to say this publicly and we need to hear it. There is nothing free. Okay? That might help a teenager in the room on Christmas morning just know somebody paid for it. They might still be paying for it. But here's the, the reality of it is. And the, the reality is so many times we miss that today. In the history of America, a little over 1.4 million people have given the ultimate sacrifice, meaning they're, they're breathing life for you and me to have the freedoms that we do today. Not just freedoms of worship to come into the house of the Lord like we are today, but after we get through today, if you're going to a restaurant or you're going to the in-laws, you're going somewhere and you're going to celebrate and, and you got a day off tomorrow from work. Those freedoms have been provided through people's sweat and blood and ultimately their life today. And I fear we're raising this that you hear so much today. And we don't take the time. We just get the headlines. We just get the notification on our phone. And we don't go educate ourselves. There's a lot of junk being propagated out there in the world today as truth. And it's far from it. Amen? If you don't agree with me, go do your research. What I found out in 1.4 million deaths is 43% of those were in-house called the Civil War. Over 600,000 people died during the Civil War in combat. 57%, of course, are outside conflicts. Mm. also found this in reading, and this year marks 50 years that the draft was done away with. I can't imagine living in that world wondering what was fixing to happen. And I can't imagine living in a world where there were no cell phones. And you've heard me say this before, but all three of my kids, I think I still, Suzanne, I still pay for their cell phones. I probably pay them for their cell phones when they're in their 60s, but I don't know. But you know what? I have one requirement. It doesn't bother me to pay for them because I say, when I call you, you best answer. You want that cell phone to stop, then you don't answer it when I call you. Zane, I tell you right now, remembers it. He'll say, he, he'd be with buddies, and I'd call him over and over and over and over. He said, I got to answer. My dad is not going to quit calling until I answer. And my answer is, I'm paying for it. Well, can you imagine before the day of cell phones? Could you imagine before the day of texting and emailing and getting a hold of somebody and knowing anything about somebody? Can you imagine what it was like at home to wonder if they were going to live another day when they were fighting for you and me to have the freedoms that we do? Folks, we need to wake up. 
And in the world that we live in, it seems like we've been jaded to the point to even play. There are some people who said, why war anyway? Sometimes somebody comes to take what's yours. Amen? Sometimes we need to stand up for what is right. And I think we live in a tough day with that understanding. My fear today is what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, the 32nd president of the United States. He said this, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. Sometimes we forget. I fear that that is where we are today. We enjoy the freedoms without knowing how they came to be. Today, my desire is to to honor those that have given the ultimate sacrifice and bring awareness to that sacrifice for us as a people. And this is going out by Facebook and, and you can pass it along to people. And I did say it. But we need to understand that. It drives me crazy. I, listen, I don't know if I ever said this in the pulpit. It boils my blood sometimes, some of this junk that I read that's out there, people being told that this is what you need to know. It's unbelievable. Because I have documented things that do not line up with what people are saying. Huh? I have you go back to the origin of it. I've already said, are there blights in American history? Yes. As long as humanity is who they are, and as long as sin abounds, we're going to have blights in our society. But we also need to tell the truth. I don't think that's coincidental either that Jesus is truth. We need to understand it. So today, thank you for my rant, allowing me to rant. But I mean it from my heart. I want us to observe a moment of silence today. And, uh, and then I will lead us in a prayer at the end and we'll continue on, okay? Would you stand to your feet today? And I'm going to ask you to do something. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at your phone. I want you to think about one thing. The freedom that we have today in this house of God and we, the freedom that we have to be out on Facebook was provided by somebody else's blood. Hmm. First, we could say Jesus Christ. But secondly, men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And today, right where we are, I would just like for us to have a moment of silence in recollection and in honor as we remember those who have fallen for us. And then I'll pray. Lord, there's no way that silence is adequate. In thinking what you did for us to be redeemed or for what others have done for us to experience and enjoy, live in the freedoms that we do today, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, there were some, almost 200 other nations I could have been born in. But Lord, you blessed me to allow me to be born in America. Sometimes, God, that we're guilty that we take things for granted. And Lord, today we just want to tell you thank you. And Lord, we want to tell you how grateful we are that we live in the place that we do. But I also believe, God, to whom much is given, much is required. That's not a perspective. That's actually in your printed word. So God, help us to live up to that responsibility. Not cower down and not be quiet just because the populace says so or the person with the microphone says so. But God, God, help us to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let us live that out in our world. And whatever platform you've given us, God, may we bring glory and honor to you. I thank you, God, today for your blessings. There's no way we can even comprehend it but help us walk in obedience to you. And Lord, for all the lives, uh, God, help us to do it the right way. 
And I know what it means, Lord, according to your word. So, Lord, walk out in front of us and may we walk in your footprints and bring obedience to you the way we live our individual lives. And God will be careful to give you the praise and the glory for we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Got a few more things for you, two more, and then we'll close. When I think about no greater love, I think about the outcome is always good. And I want you to hang on to these next two, I really do. Is that many times if we don't see the, if we don't see the response, then we, we don't want to do it. But sometimes, and there's a lot in the Word of God about this, that it doesn't mean that you're going to see it right now, but do the right thing anyway. We, we, want, we want instant something. We, we want instant gratification. We want something for us. And sometimes it's generations away. We've seen that again and again. When I think about doing the, the, the right thing and the outcome is always good, there's, there's some things that come to mind. One is there's a peace that comes by loving others. How many times we've said that about pay it forward? Uh, you can't pay God back, but you can pay f- forward what God has done for you. When, when these kind of things, you might not see it, but there's a peace that goes with it. I would challenge anyone. I'll tell you this, get, get this this weekend. And a lot of times we're consumed with what we got going on. But I, I'll challenge you. If you got a lot going on in your life, do something for someone else. I promise you it will change. I don't even know how it happens, except I think it models what God is. I really do. Uh, there's so many things in, in American history. I already alluded to it as we began. There's so many things in, in our society that benefits come to us that so parallel the nature of God. I do. I believe it with everything about me. And in the same way, give. And it'll be given to you. There's a peace that comes with it. Secondly, it keeps balance in your life. Knowing you did something that brings glory and honor to the Lord makes your day. Doesn't mean you're going to see the product of it. You might even be rejected. <laughs> you know, I remember one time and I was, out of, I was actually on a mission trip. Uh, it was on, a, it was on a, a youth trip. We were doing mission work. I remember we were helping this church and we were canvassing, they called it, and we knocked on doors. I'll never forget this. It was a northern city, so that's what I thought it was. Just northerners. It was outside of Chicago. It's going to sound like I'm world-renowned. It's just the way it happened. I'll never forget a guy was sitting there watching his TV, and, and the way this little stoop was at his porch, right there was his den, and he had this big bay window. He's right there watching TV this way. And so I knocked on the door, and I'll never forget the guy's watching TV. And he just turned and looked at me like that at his door and turned around and started watching TV. And I was on his porch. And he didn't even get out of his chair. Yankees. That's what I thought. I said, who would just look at me and not even get out of his chair? At least do something. At least give me one of them. I don't want it. He didn't even, didn't even get out of his chair. So there's sometimes you're going to knock on doors Sometimes you're going to do things, and you're not going to get that warm, fuzzy feeling, but do it anyway, because you will embody Christ. See, I think of it this way. Now, God, Jesus was deity, so he could look down through time, but I didn't come to know Christ until almost 2,000 years later after he died for me. So, man, that was a long time before I experienced redemption that he secured on the cross and the resurrection. That's good stuff. Thirdly, <laughs> it'll also keep you fruitful and not stagnant. You know any stagnant folks, please don't point. I love this. As I said, it might be the next generation, but you keep doing it now. All right? Here, here's what I want you to think. I, I wrote this down for you. It's good seed produces good fruit. Good seed produces good fruit. 
Now, you know, you could say, well, the contrast, bad seed produces bad fruit. And that's what the scripture says. You, you sow it, you're going to reap it. And if it's good, if it's bad, you're going to reap it. But, but good seed produces good fruit. And I began to think about the word seed. It came to mind, and I think this is of the Lord. I really do. In John chapter 12, again, the words of Jesus in verses 24 and 25. Look what it says. Truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. Huh. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. The one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. See, the, the, the point is this, is that that seed, as long as we hold on to it, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, then it really doesn't produce much, if anything. But when we give it away, when we put it in the ground, then it produces much fruit. And that fruit never ends. It, keeps, it has a ripple effect. On and on it goes. So just remember, the outcome is always good, though you might not see it. Do the right thing, okay? It's about other people. Now, I'll give you one more. The last is it's open for interpretation. <laughs> you say, what in the world? Sound like you're backing up on this sermon. But think about it a minute. I want to ask you one question. Do you remember the text? It says, greater love has no man than this, than he laid down his life for who? For his friends. Wow. Who in the world is our friends? And then I began to think, well, wait a second. I want to sort of find out. Does, is friend defined in the Bible anywhere? And so I began to look, and I came across this and went, man, this is gold here now. This is gold. And in, in, look, I'll show you something. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 50, Jesus said, friend, Jesus asked him, why have you come? Then they came up and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. Do you, do you know who Jesus was calling friend? Judas. Judas. Some, some might say, well, it was sarcasm. <laughs> or was it sincerity? And listen, this might, you might disagree with this. It's okay. You can be wrong. <laughs> anyway. Ow. One of the things I'm cutting up about that, but listen to me. I looked at 30 different translations, approximately. I mean, I just went one after another. You can do it in Bible Gateway. You can have a good time with it. And I want to say, I want to see even the message said friend. You hear me? And I thought, wow, I went back to the original language. I wanted to see, was Jesus being sarcastic or was he with sincerity? See, here's what I think, and, and I will say my opinion, but I think it's borne out in the Word of God. I've said this. You know what Judas did wrong? Some say he betrayed Christ. Well, you and I betrayed Christ too. You ever made commitments and didn't live up to it? Good preaching, preacher. You ever told God you wouldn't do it again, you did it again? Hello? You still out there? We liked it better than that Memorial Day part. <laughs> We've all betrayed him. Hmm. Some say, well, he was born that way. Listen, folks, there's some dangerous stuff when you walk out in that world. Because let me tell you something. If he didn't die for Judas or the Judases of the world, maybe he didn't die for you and me. Did he die for some or did he die for all? Hmm? And you say, well, Brother Jay, you're just out there. No, no, no. It's making a comeback. This stuff is coming back. You wait. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it if you don't already. Major denominations dealing with this whole predestination and election and all that stuff. I just want to remind you, don't go down that slippery slope because there's no end to it. <laughs> see, here's what I think Judas did. Judas went to the wrong person to make it right. Who he should have sought out is not the person that paid him the 30 pieces of silver. He should have sought out Jesus Christ. And my, I believe with everything about me in sincerity of heart. You may tell you who Jesus' friend is? Every one of us. <laughs> A sovereign God 
puts people in our path for us to impact them with the gospel. Whether it's your job, your family, where you live, maybe some of the hardships of your life, here's a great thought. If we would just stop thinking of it like hardships and these issues I have, maybe God planted you right where he has so people that need to see the light of God will see him in your life.